And welcome back once again to Truth From The Heart with Travis Sullivan. This is part three of the episode entitled Worship and the Church. And as I mentioned in the other two episodes, this episode's a little bit different from the other ones because I'm using an interview to help make some of my points in these episodes. It's an interview done by radio host Todd Friel, and he is interviewing Justin Peters. And Justin Peters has a ministry, and one of the primary things of his ministry is to go around and call out false teachers. And you may think, well, that's kind of not a very good thing to do. Well, it is, because false teachers are a danger in this world. They are a danger to the Christian society. They are danger to non-believers because we don't want these false teachers spewing their false beliefs on people and making them believe that that is the truth when in fact it is not. And so I appreciate Justin Peters for taking the time and doing the research about these ministries that are essentially false ministries. They're false churches. And again, we are talking about worship and the church. And I have mentioned this in the other two parts of the episode, so I'll mention it again. If you would like to learn more about Justin Peters, you can visit justinpeters.org. And also, if you'd like to learn more about host Todd Friel and Wretched Radio, visit wretched.org, wretched.org. All right, so let's get back to this interview. We're about halfway through. We've covered several different things, and Justin Peters talked about the churches that we were mentioning, and they are Bethel, Hillsong, and Elevation. And really, the worst of the three is Bethel, and a lot of these songs that come out of these churches are sung in other churches all across this nation, and that is something that is not good. And he defended calling these churches, false churches, and he called them wolves and said they are wolves in sheep's clothing, and he defended that statement as well. He talked a little bit about some of the false beliefs that these churches believe, and if you are curious as to what these churches believe, then tune in to the last part of this episode, 7B, and I think you'll be pretty amazed as to what these, again, quote-unquote churches actually believe. Also, in one of the other episodes, I believe it was in part one, we gave the argument that, well, many people may not even know where these songs come from. And I said, look, that argument shot down by the technology that is available to us today, because you can Google the lyrics of these songs and find out where they're coming from. And then you can follow the people if you like the song and whatever the case may be. You can't really do that with these artists of these old hymns from many years past. Some of these artists that have been dead for a hundred, 200 plus years. And so again, I think that argument gets shot down pretty quick. But let's move along with this interview now, and we're going to get an example of some of the songs and the lyrics, and there are many other examples. One of the songs that I used to love is Goodness of God. And, you know, it talks about how God's goodness has followed me all of the days of my life and forever I will sing of the goodness of God. And it came from Bethel Church. And as I hope you come to the realization, as I have, that really out of the three that we've mentioned today, Bethel Hill Song and Elevation, again, Bethel seems to be the most radical. They seem to be the worst. And we really don't want to be singing songs that come from their church. Maybe you think that's picky, but you know what? There are many, many other songs that you can sing that glorify God, that worship the one true God, and that, again, do not support these movements, as I want to call them. They're not churches. They are movements. And 
We're going to talk about how in this next part of the interview that the songs that these churches put out, they try to convey emotion. That's how they get the hook is they want to bring your emotion. And here's one of my criticisms of the songs. And that is that they don't mention the name of Jesus very much. And I think it's obvious why, because as they mentioned in the, or as I mentioned in the previous episode, they don't really know who the true Jesus is. As I told you, Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel, has even said that Jesus was a man in a right relationship with God, which is completely and utterly false. Jesus was fully God and fully man, and we are reminded of that in John 1.1. It's right there in black and white. Jesus did not give up his divinity. He was fully God and he was fully man. But here's the thing. Jesus is the name that is given among men by which we must be saved. It's the name that make demons tremble. James 2.19, I love this verse, and it says, You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. And again, that was James 2.19, and I read from the English Standard Version, and that is because there is power in the name of Jesus. And so here's an argument that I heard. They can put God in their songs all they want because one could argue, well, there's many gods. They're false gods, but there's only one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But if you've got the name God in your songs, I mean... I don't want to take anything away from the name of God, so I want to be very clear on that. Of course, but there are little g, there are many little g gods. And so I don't think it's as powerful as putting the name of Jesus into a song. You get that name in there, and again, the, the devil hates that name. The demons hate that name. They will flee when they hear the name of Jesus. But how can you put the name of Jesus in songs when you don't know the true Jesus. Does that make sense? And again, as I've said, I'm trying not to harp too much on some of the different points, but I really do hope that by the end of all these episodes that maybe you'll go to your worship pastor. Maybe you are a worship pastor and you're listening to this and you've never really thought about this. You didn't know that these so-called movements, Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, I'll keep saying their names, believe these things. And maybe you will stop singing their songs in your church. I really hope that many churches and many pastors all across this nation, all across the world, get away from these songs because they are dangerous to the body of Christ. So let's hear the next part of this interview where Justin Peters is talking about giving an example of one of the songs and talks about the lyrics and just listen to some of the lyrics on these songs. Their music passes muster. Is there any music that is being produced by Hillsong or Bethel that is not passing muster? Yes. You, you got any examples for us? I might. <laughs> yes, I do. All right, what have you got? This is a, from a, a, one of their songs entitled Closer. Your love has, has ravished my heart. Keep going. I've got it too. You got the same thing? Uh-huh. Your love has ravished my heart. And taking me over, taking me over. All I want is to be with you forever, with you forever. Pull me you a do, little you closer. You do the rest because it gets too creepy for okay. me. Okay. It, it, it is. It I is mean, creepy. It, it, yeah. We're talking about Jesus. Yeah, we're talking about, this is supposed to be about Jesus. Pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart because your love is so much sweeter than anything I've tasted. 
Whoa, whoa, how great your love is for me. Whoa, whoa, how great your love is for me. Uh, here's, here's one, Todd, from a song entitled, We Dance. We Dance. You steady me, slow and sweet, we sway. Take the lead and I will follow. Finally ready now to close my eyes and just believe that you won't lead me where you, where you don't go. Uh, when my faith gets tired, my hope seems lost, you spin me round and round and remind me of that song, the one you wrote, wrote for me, and we dance and we dance. Uh, you still my heart again, I breathe you in like I've never breathed till now, we dance, we dance. This is what you do. It's always like springtime with you, making all things new. Your light is breaking through the dark. Your love is sweeter than wine, bringing joy, bringing life. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. It's like I'm living for the first time, finally for the first time. So, the, you know, the old jokes about replace Jesus with your boyfriend. It's not a joke. We could go on and on, but there's a romantic emphasis with many of these lyrics that, let's just be honest, it borders on downright creepy. And I think both of them are right. To me, some of those lyrics are quite creepy. And do you see in some of those lyrics, and again, there are many other examples and many other songs that he could have chosen or that he could use to get the point across. But do you see how some of those are meant to really attract emotion and get you emotionally involved? Again, that's their hook. That's the hook that they have. Whereas I think some of the best songs, and again, you could argue hymns, some of the best songs are some of those that I think are just as simple as you can get. One of my favorite hymns is What a Day That Will Be. And it just talks about how when we get to heaven and when we get to see Jesus, just how amazing that's going to be goes on to talk about when we get to see his face and touch his hands, the hands that died for me. But again, it mentions the name of Jesus. It's clear that it's talking about the name of Jesus. I would argue in those lyrics that he read, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, Jesus may do those things. But can you sit here and clearly say that that is about Jesus? I'm not sure that you can. So we're going to move on to the next part of this interview because, again, I'm trying to get this wrapped up. I've got a lot to talk about besides the interview as well, and it's a pretty lengthy interview. But in this next part, it's going to be talking about the money aspects or ramifications of sending money to these false churches or movements. And your church has to pay a license to play these songs every Sunday. And if you play the song, money is going to these false churches. And I've heard many people say they don't want to support woke companies or they don't want to support things that are not of the kingdom of God. So why would you want to support a church that is trying to just get people emotionally involved and hooked? And that is why I think a lot of the times, too, that a lot of the people in these movements are young people, because I think they're the ones that seem to be more emotional. Uh, you know, everybody seems to be more emotional these days, offended by everything. And so I think that's the big hook for them. And I would argue that there are, and Justin Peters is about to make this point, there are millions of dollars going to these churches or movements from churches that are, again, just singing their songs in church because, you know, it's a catchy tune or they, hey, it's, you know, it passes the theological smell test or, hey, you know, uh, this is a pretty catchy song. Let's sing this. Well, let's not sing it because we should not be supporting these false churches. So let's hear Justin Peters. Talk about the financial ramifications of supporting these false movements. 
There's another component to this movement that we're concerned about, that people are being swept in via the music. Talk about the money aspect of Bethel and Hillsong. I couldn't even put a dollar sign on it. Multiple, multiple tens of millions of dollars. Per year. Per year. Where else does the cash come from? Every time a church sings one of these songs, if, if they're being on the up and up, they're supposed to pay a royalty to the, to the company or the person of the group that wrote the song. Christian Copyright Licensing International. Please know when you sing these songs in your churches, there is money that goes into these false churches every single time you sing it. Now, if I may illustrate absurdity by being absurd a little bit, let's just say Planned Parenthood decides to write some Christian music that would pass a doctrinal smell test. Would you sing it in your church? Knowing that some money every time you sing that song is going to support an organization that murders babies, would you sing that song in your church? I would submit to you that singing Bethel and Hillsong when you're sending money to those false churches, that's far worse. And every pastor who heard that potentially went, you are out of your mind. You just compared Planned Parenthood to a church. You want to defend that? Bethel and Hillsong are false churches. These aren't real churches. So what I'm saying is, is even the good churches, and I'll be honest about it, I've been in some good churches and I've looked up and they're singing a Hillsong song. And it just makes me wince and I won't sing it. Talk to the pastor afterwards. But when they sing that song, they're sending money to false churches that are opposed to Christ, opposed to the gospel, teaching a false gospel, leading people to hell. I take a backseat to no one in my pro-life stance. I'll take a backseat to no one in that. But if there's anything worse than murdering babies, it is sending people down the primrose path to hell. That's worse. Blaspheming God, that's worse. And so know that when you sing those songs, your money's going to support false churches that are opposed to Jesus Christ. That's why I love Justin Peters, because he does not pull any punches, does he? He just lays it all out there. But he's completely right. Your church's money, if your church is singing songs by these artists, then money is going to those churches. But I loved what Justin Peters said, and he's not saying that one sin's worse than another, but I do think he's on the right path. Leading someone down the primrose path when we know the truth is pretty bad. And that's why I make it a point to you to bring the truth of God's word to you each and every episode. You don't have to believe it, but you won't be able to stand before God and say, you didn't hear the truth. And I think we as Christians should love others enough to not want to tell them what they want to hear. And that's why the prosperity gospel is so popular, because it's what people want to hear. They want to hear that the Christian life is not going to be hard. They want to hear that it's, you know, candies and roses and it's a piece of cake as long as Jesus is walking with you. But it's not. Those of us who have been walking the Christian walk for a long time will be the first to tell you it is not easy being a Christian in the world these days. But we can find our hope in Jesus Christ and know that he will walk alongside us. And there are are things where we have to sit here and say, the Bible says this. I believe in the Bible. 
we have to tell others the truth in love. And that's why I called this podcast Truth from the Heart, because I am speaking to you in love and from my heart. I want to tell you the truth of God's word. Again, I can't make you believe it. And I just loved what he said there that is pretty humbling, I guess you could say, that we as Christians, I think, have a big responsibility to lead others to Christ, but we need to make sure that we are leading them to the true Jesus. And calling Jesus simply a man that was in a right relationship with God, and to me, that's blaspheming, because you are taking God's of divinity away. You're taking Jesus's divinity away. Remember God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, they are three in one. And so this is why I want to talk to pastors. And as the shepherd of God's flock, they're supposed to protect against false teaching and pastors and teachers are held to a higher standard. We're reminded of that in James three, one, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And so all these pastors that in their churches and they are singing these songs and pastors that hear this podcast and continue to sing these songs in their church again, they're going to be judged one day. They're already held to a higher standard. And do you really want to stand before God and say, yeah, I knew what these churches taught and I knew money from our church was going to these movements and and that these movements aren't concerned about leading people to Christ. They just want to get people hooked and, uh, and that they were leading these people to a false Jesus. If you want to be able to stand before God and say that, well, then by all means, you can give an account for that. But again, God put this on my heart. It's been a conviction of mine, and I am not going to sit here and just let this one go by and just let people continue to sing these songs without telling them, do you understand where these songs are coming from? Again, we're getting close to the 20-minute mark. I've got a little bit left of the interview, so I will hopefully be able to wrap up the interview on the next part of the episode. And also, I will be talking about a blog that I read about this as well. And I just pray that you continue to indulge me. I think it's a very important topic, one that does not get covered enough, because again, there would be a lot of people that would have to answer a lot of tough questions of, okay, if you know what these churches believe, then why are we singing their songs? And so I just hope that this is helping you understand why worship And worshiping the one true God, the one true Jesus, is so important. Let's once again go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, once again, thank you for this day. And Lord, I just thank you for the ability to be able to talk to so many people. And as I mentioned in one of these earlier episodes, this podcast is now worldwide. And that's nothing that I have done. That is all you. And to you be all the glory. So thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word with so many people. And I pray that there would be many that would take this to heart and many that would just realize how important it is that we are worshiping the one true God and the one true Jesus. And I pray that there would be many pastors that may uh, sort of have this conviction in their heart, that you may put that conviction in their heart and that they would realize that we should not be singing these songs on Sunday mornings in our church. And I just pray that there would be many that who don't know you that would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And many that may be in these movements that we've talked about today, that they would come out of those movements and, and 
read your word and come to know who you truly are. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Truth From the Heart with Travis Sullivan. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard on the podcast, you can email truthfromtheheartpodcast at gmail.com. I will also post the link to this interview in the description of each part of the episode. And so that way, if you'd like to go and watch the whole thing in its entirety all at one time, you can do that. Remember that Jesus is King, Maranatha, and God bless. Until next time.